can do this together. We can figure out a way to help you continue to chase your dream, to help you continue to chase your goal, to help you continue to do that. And obviously, of course, you know, leadership is not, is just not on the professional side. It's also the personal side, you know, coming home and especially those with, you know, significant others and partners, you know, that at the end of the day, that's, it can be very difficult when you are basically around each other 24 seven nonstop and have no ability to outlet. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. Hope you guys are having an amazing day today. My next guest's name is Alex Kuhn. He's a leadership mentor and founder of Born to Lead, which helps impact-driven entrepreneurs start, grow, and lead six, seven, and eight-figure businesses. Over the past three years, he's had 200-plus clients that have doubled their business in 12 months, with his clients generating more than $30 million. Featured an entrepreneur, he regularly writes and speaks to 10K plus entrepreneurs weekly on topics of aligned leadership, business flow, and residence marketing. After a successful career as a collegiate head coach, he failed in his first three business ventures before his first taste of success. Since then, he has started and sold two of his companies that he started, and the key for him and his clients has been discovering their success DNA. He wants every big vision, heart-led entrepreneur to know they are not that far off and to never forget they were born to lead a legacy. This guy's an awesome dude. And, you know, as you can guess, we probably talked about leadership a little bit, right? And this one is, is really good because, you know, I... This is something that I have always been striving towards to become and, and which, what makes a good leader, which doesn't. And in order to lead people, you need to lead yourself, right? It's, it, there's so many factors. And if you want to create something special, if you want to create and have people motivated and inspired, it has to start with you, you know, whether you're a CEO or whether you're, you're a coach or whether you're a business owner, whatever it is you are chances are you have people that you need to lead and it starts with yourself, your habits, the little things make up the big things. And this is an ever evolving thing for me, you know, because for someone else as the leader, the example, and when you step into it yourself as being like, okay, I have to own this now. I'm, I have to be a leader. Sometimes it can be challenging because you have to have faith in yourself. You have to have faith in your abilities and you know, this, this episode, we really unpack leadership, what it means, what takes a good leader, like how can you become a good leader and all things in between. So if you want to learn how to be better in your business, better in life and you're, and you know, just in general, learn about leadership, listen to this right to the end. Cause Alex is the man and he's kicking ass in this industry. He's got people making a ton of money and he's an incredible speaker and really like talking about just real life stuff and, and some of his failures. And you can tell by his tone of voice and how he speaks and even some of his videos that he does that this guy has embodied leadership and he's going to teach you a lot today. So listen to this right to the end. Also, you guys want to watch this on YouTube. It's now available on YouTube. So subscribe to that. And if you prefer audio, smash that subscribe button on Apple. And if you get value as well, leave us a review. It's always appreciated. Alex Kuhn coming right up. And here we go. Alex, how you doing, man? Thanks for coming on the show today. Lance, it's <laughs> great to be here. Excited. And obviously, we're talking on different coasts here. So happy yeah. to be here. Yeah, man. Me too. And it's, uh, it's interesting because I don't know if I've talked to anybody from Pittsburgh you know, about the situation that's going on. It's everybody. I obviously talk to people from all over the States, Canada, Australia, and it's all different everywhere you are. So First of all, I mean, how is it now and how, how has the last six months been for you, man? You know, I think that's, uh, isn't that the question everybody gets right now? Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, you want to get on the podcast and you say, yeah. man, it's been, you know, you want to say it's great, everything's awesome, life's good, yeah. but, you know, there's been, there's been ups and downs, you know, yeah. I, I can say very, 
you know, I, I'm grateful to the fact that from just purely a business perspective that, you know, things have actually been never been better in the business. But, but, you know, I will say this, and I think this goes out to every extrovert out there. I think this has been a really difficult time. And the way it's actually affected us here in Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania particularly is that our um, government and governors really put the lockdown on a lot of different activities. So, you know, the first thing that really hit hard for me was the fact that they shut down the gyms, which basically was my, my therapy center really is like every morning. That's where I went. That's where I started my day. That's where I met up with my friends and all of a sudden now it's gone. So yeah, you know, basically built my home gym and our gyms haven't opened here uh, in my area. But uh, so that's been really tough and difficult. And of course, you know, being an extrovert, there's been many, many moments where I just, I just, you know, my wife knows where I just scream. I'm like, I got to get out of the house. I got to have some sort of human interaction. But, mm. um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, I think that what we all are trying to do is adapt and learn and really feel, find where we want to go with those next steps. Um, and so no matter what anybody's belief out there is, you know, I think at the end of the day that what I think all of us as entrepreneurs and leaders know is that we got to adapt and that's where we are today there. So that's what I'm doing and that's where I'll adapt to whatever happens next. So you guys haven't had any gyms open this whole time. Nothing's reopened for like a month, uh, but it was out. like, it was like, you've got to leave the masks on and you've got to, you know, oh, you got to run on the treadmill and it was just, you know, and, and you had to yeah. like schedule your block of time and there's only so many people and they had people in there. It just, you know, it just didn't give that conducive environment. To Kills you. your vibe. Kills your vibe. Your gym vibe, man. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. You want to hit some weights. You want to, yeah, you want to, yeah, sweat a little bit. But yeah, so so truthfully, honestly, I was like, you know, my wife. I said, listen, we're we're building the home gym. I basically wanted to build a home gym that basically yeah. would rival any gym. So in the process of doing that now, and that's been, you know, for me, it's been like ninety nine percent the biggest help that has happened. Yeah. So you know, in your business, you you talk a lot about leadership and how important it is. I mean, for real life, you know situations like this, you obviously would have had to step up and be like, you know, who do, you know, who do I want to be for everybody? You know, because it's, this is the, it was the real deal. And I, I like talking about this with people because it kind of, it kind of takes all the tools that we have and really put it into action. Right. Yeah. And addressing this is really funny because there's a lot of people who may have had the tools, but they crumbled. And they, mm -hmm. they fell and, and there's a lot of stuff and they realize, oh, maybe I'm not as mentally tough or maybe I'm not the, as much of a leader as I thought, which is good because they're only going to get better. But how is that for you when you know that you're like, okay, this is a shitty situation. How am I going to step up as a leader and really show you know, what I'm made of so that others can feel empowered as well? Uh, I, I love this question, Lance. And you know, nobody's actually asked that to me, I, you know, I've been doing, you know, a podcast tour, a media tour, but nobody's actually asked me that question. At the end of the day, I think we look at, you know, all the different businesses that are facing these challenges and let's for even for just businesses, just people, right. You know, the other day I was actually funny. I was talking to a client near your area of Vancouver who, you know, they've got two kids and they're trying to figure out how to, as a single mom to run their business and to be able to be a parent for two kids at home. I mean, that's like one of the most difficult challenges, especially when basically they're going to have to homeschool at this point, you know, even more challenging than my situation. And I think the one thing that what I look at is really constantly go to the values that I feel are very important to me that I want to not only instill in myself, but instill in my business, which ultimately gets instilled into my clients. And so immediately when the coronavirus hit and everything started shutting down, you know, you can't, it's not about trying to, to dictate what people should believe or what they shouldn't believe, but how you're going to act in that moment. And for me, that was, it was very easy. It was a very conscious decision to say, listen, we are going to do things that are going to support our clients to higher levels in our business than we've ever offered before. We're going to offer more one-on-ones. And it wasn't about even increasing the price. It was just literally saying, we are not, it's not, you, you don't have to be alone during this time. Mm -hmm. We can do this together. We can figure out a way to help you continue to chase your dream, to help you continue to chase your goal, to help you continue to do that. And obviously, of course, you know, leadership is not, is just not on the professional side. It's also the personal side, you know, coming home and especially those with, you know, significant others and partners, you know, that at the end of the day, that's, it can be very difficult when you are basically around each other 24 seven nonstop and have no ability to outlet. So finding new ways to, create joy 
in your personal space. Finding new ways to find excitement, to find ways to graze your energy levels. Because at the end of the day, what people were fatigued was not like what we typically think of as working hard or the hustle or the grind, but people were fatigued because of the stagnation of the world. And I think this showed people that at the end of the day, we need to continue to add stress, to add new challenges, to add new excitement, regardless of what is happening. And that's how we can control our own leadership. And hopefully it rubs off the other people around us. Love it, man. I mean, yeah. And it's, it's really interesting because we got to find that way to turn the negative into a positive as cliche as it is. I mean, you have one, you have that choice, right? You either live in that space of negativity or you think, well, okay. And a lot of people did this. A lot of people were like, let's, let's give away courses for, you know, a low cost or free. Like let's, let's use this time. Mm-hmm. to get better you know like yeah. instead of oh everything is everything's shut down what am i going to do it's like okay fine but like you got time now so what are you going to do with it are you going to sit in that place are you going to learn to be still and a lot of people were challenged and had to step into that and that's sometimes what we all need right we do and you know lance just even like you know like you said you during this time could have easily said you know what maybe the podcast doesn't need to be a priority maybe i should do something else maybe i should you know change the business model but i think there's something to be said about consistency and that's you know as i mentioned to you it's clear that you are really good at what you do and this is not me trying to blow smoke up your ass or anything thank you man you know i go on here and you can just hear the people who are putting in the repetition to be better. Mm. And when you think about these challenges that we are facing right now with coronavirus and for many people being stuck inside their houses, the question is this, is are you continuing to find ways to build the repetitions that are really going to make you a master at your skill that is required in the marketplace? You know, whether it's a coach, whether it's a CEO, whether you're a sales, it doesn't matter at the end of the day, right? It's still about repetition. It's still about ways of putting out. It's still about ways of putting value out there because here's the thing, you know, as for much as we're talking about, you know, as much as the focus is on, you know, how many millions of businesses have shut down and how many people are unemployed, there are businesses that are growing. There are businesses that are continuing to soar. And you can talk about the economies of scale or that it's the right business at the right time. But at the end of the day, somebody, somebody had to make a conscious effort and say, we are going to be the business that's going to figure out a way to not just survive, not just to succumb to the adversity, but to really thrive, to really find a new way, to find a new way to serve our clients, to find a new way to serve our team members, to find a new way. And those are the types of businesses that I think are really doing well. And you're seeing that again and again, you're right, whether it's the free courses or this or that, whatever the strategy is, I think at the end of the day, it's not even about the strategy. I think it's really about the person behind the strategy that's saying, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to continue showing up day after day, no matter how hard it gets. Yeah, that's, it's the consistency and the habits are what make up everything. You know, it's not the big things. It's like, you can have all the big goals, but it's all those little habits daily that are really what make up your life, you know? And sometimes we forget that it's the simple little choices throughout the day. Like that's what makes up your day. And then that makes up your week. And then, you know, it's, it's not these huge things that just happen that you do. It's like that those little things add up. Yeah. It's, you know, we, I've, I'm a big sports fan and I know we were kind of talking a little bit about that before and I don't know where I just heard this recently, but um, it was actually, uh, oh, that's right. Um, his name's John and John is he's a, he's a tremendous speaker. And he talked about this friend he was talking to and this friend had the, op- the opportunity to sit down while Kobe was still here on planet earth and to just interview him and just watch how he worked. And what he notices is that this was a man that clearly was working hard. He was getting up earlier than everybody and staying later than everybody, but he wasn't like doing anything special. He wasn't working on his dunking skills. He wasn't working on the trick shot. He was working on his dribbling. He was working on his free throw shooting. He was working on his passing. He was working on the basics of basketball and the foundation so that that foundation can allow him to, at the time to be the best basketball player in the world. And even during this time, you know, no matter how many people say, you know, scream, pivot, scream, do this, scream, do that. A lot of it really is this, is that were you the business that continued to continue work on what you were trying to be the best at in the world, 
those are the businesses and those are the leaders time and time again. That's why I like said, Hey, this podcast is great. It's so obvious you do the work here. And it's been the same thing probably on the side of your business. It's not like you just show up and it just becomes magic. No, you no. put in the work and yeah. not just day after day, but year after year. And that's who's going to continuously come out of these situations. Yeah. That, I love that you brought up sports because you know, for me, that sell that really, I grew up playing hockey. Right. And I know you come Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Penguins are, you know, you guys, it's one of the biggest sports cities in the world, Pittsburgh, obviously. Um, you know, growing up for me, that installed a lot of different things. You know, what a leader was, you know, you know, I was a leader. I was a bad leader. I learned to be better. There's all these different things, but sports was that for me. And that kind of started me off on the path. What was your path? Walk us through a bit of your journey. And, you know, was leader, were you always a leader or is it something that, you know, eventually somebody that you looked up to, like a, a hockey player, a basketball player that was like, wow, I want to be like them, you know, walk us through that journey a little bit. Yeah, sure. And uh, I love the hockey analogy. Years ago, we'll say my first successful business was doing a high performance coaching for athletes and hockey always has a, a dear place to my heart. In fact, I used to work with, um, he was a, um, a great player for the, the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, RJ Umberger. And oh, yeah. Him and um, you know a lot of those hockey players. I just have such an admiration. Just you know, it's it is really one of the few sports I know that's so popular, but yet the athletes continue to stay so humble no matter how high they they go in that ranks. Um, for me, it's a funny question because the name of the program I have is called Born a Lead. And the first question I always get is like, well, do you mean that only certain people are born a lead and other people aren't born a lead? And I think there's this myth that, you know, there's only like that we can train everybody to be the same leader or you have to be a born a lead. I think there's actually this, this we need to understand that people are born differently. And ultimately, there means that they are different to born a lead. For me, it was, it was very obvious. I always tell the story that when I was about eight years old, I was a swimmer. That was my sport growing up. And my dad picked me up at the end of swim practice. And my dad and I have a great relationship. We're just bantering back and forth. And I can remember just feeling good. And I told my dad, I got in the car and I said, dad, you cannot make me mad today. Nine years old, feeling a little cocky, probably had a great swim practice. And my dad said, are you sure? You sure I can't make you mad? And, you know, I'm sitting there saying, nope, you cannot do anything to make me mad. Dad, nothing you could say could get under my skin today. And my dad looked at me and said, listen, I bet I could actually get you mad in one sentence. And I said, all right, go ahead, try. You know, whatever I said as a nine-year-old. And my father looks at me and he goes, Alex, you are a follower. And I can remember just this visceral, <laughs> this visceral, like, anger like whatever as a nine-year-old I probably was like yelling at him and screaming at him like no I'm not a follower I do my own thing I don't follow the crowd but you know I think that at the end of the day there is something about the misfit the trailblazer the the person who feels like they should go left when everyone's telling them to go right I think that those are the type of people I love working with and it's just only one type of leader so to answer your question I knew very early in my life that I was going to be going down a path not that I had any idea. And ultimately, I gravitated, I always gravitated as a kid towards the Zig Ziglers, the Les Browns, the people that, you know, were doing these motivational speaking. I was just so in awe by how they could literally use the words to get thousands of people to just be entranced by what they're saying. And so, you know, as a kid, I saw that and I, you know, obviously worked in those skills to, you know, go on to be a, a collegiate swimming coach. I have an incredible swimming career myself. Um, to ultimately, you know, starting out in this entrepreneur business. And, you know, I would say I failed in my first three businesses before I ultimately uh, started two businesses, started them and sold them. And so now I do what I love doing today, which is really working with leaders, you know, to help them start, grow and really lead six, seven and eight figure movements. But, you know, for me, it's, there's no question. It always goes back to as a kid, you know, I was always so highly in tune with what I felt was right. And no matter what anybody told me, that's what I listened to. You know, we call it intuition and that gut instinct. But those are the things I'm trying to not only help people rediscover for themselves, but more importantly, if they've got it, to really listen to it. Because I think that's the, that's the lost art of leadership that we're, we've lost and we need to get that back. You're a great speaker, bro. Like right now, oh, I'm like, like you're talking about it. And I'm like, wow, this guy's like sucking me into this. He's really good. Like at like... You know, you're, you're talking about people that are, that are good at that. And you're right. There's people that know how to just, the flow of it. And you're like, oh yeah, you just, you listen, you just like, it's like a vortex, right? 
it's so yeah. it's amazing. You got that, bro. So I'm not just saying that either, but I honestly, <laughs> um, I was like, whoa. But so, yeah, I mean, that's the thing that's really interesting too, is like everyone has their style as well. And, you know, I try, I've tried to think about for me, what makes a good leader. And I've talked about this a few times and I really, the people that I looked up to were always ones that saw something in me that nobody else would see. And they were able to get that out of me and allow me to be like, to, to step into the, the confidence and belief that we all have, but we just, it, we, it lacks, right? Like, especially, I always go back to sports. One coach doesn't believe in you. You know, he benches you and you're like, what? And then like, there's just, you can't, and then you become, you lose your confidence, obviously, right? Like say you do really well, then you get traded to a team and then they don't believe in you and then things fall apart. And then, the, and then, you know, you see it all the time. Then some coach or somebody believes in you or they're like, they see this gift in you. They mm-hmm. see something that not everybody sees. And they're able to find that in each individual and pull that out. And that's what I find to be that, you know, people that I looked up to could see that and they could just lift you up. And you didn't even realize what they're doing, but they, they somehow can bring that out. Yeah. You know, and, and for me, that, that was, that's one of the things that I tried to do, even in management and in, in, in bars and restaurants and whatever I do. It's like, you know, how can you really pull? Because everybody's got greatness in them. It's like, how can you pull that out? How can you emotionally get them, you know, uplifted? Even like Tony Robbins does. It's, it's, a, it's a absolute, it's crazy to watch him, how he can just elevate people. Right. And, and I've always found that. So, so for you, like when you see, like, who do you look up to now as like somebody that you really want to strive towards? Like, you know, because, you know, we all have our, our person, our thing or our book or something. Well, who is that for you? You know, it's, it's funny. I was, you know, when I was growing up, I was never that kid that, you know, I didn't have the, cause sports was huge for me, you know, and that's where I think, you know, there's no question, Lance, I can relate to you that, you know, I wasn't supposed to be a naturally good student. In fact, I was talking to somebody who's doing a presentation for us tomorrow. And she's like, you were probably really bad at school, Alex, based on your profile, right? And I said, no, I was actually, I was a pretty good student. And the, the, the truth was, though, is that if it wasn't for, you know, baseball and swimming and really having some, you know, Olympic aspirations at that point, you know, I don't know if school would have, I would have stayed with school for as long as it, I, I, would, I got all in my MBA at that point, but truthfully was, it was just, I mean, nobody wants to say that, oh, education comes first, but the truth is, is that it always kind of came second to me. It was like, hey, I got to do what I need to do in order to be able to do what I love to do. Mm. And so when I think back to, you know, growing up, you know, I had some incredible like mentors that were close to my life, you know, my father, obviously, of course, but, you know, beyond that, I actually, you know, because of my swimming passion, I actually said, you know what, I'm going all in, I'm going all in on this sport. You know, it wasn't, I wasn't forced by my parents. I wasn't forced by, you know, oh, you got to get a scholarship, Alex, or we're going to invest money in you. They basically said, hey, if you can figure out a way to make it, you know, go for it and we'll support you. And I literally left the, the house when I was like 12 years old and left home to go train with the best swimmers and the best coaches. And I was, you know, picking up, you know, busboy jobs and, you know, weekend shifts and just things just to make money. So I could literally even pay for my own apartment while I was still in high school to continue to train with these, the best coaches and these best swimmers. So I think there was always that, that piece of me that just said, you know, I, I've always just found that drive. But the thing you mentioned to me, when I think about like the, my favorite coaches, you know, I think of, you know, I think of John Waldman who, you know, I'm, I'm five, nine, you know, I'm not this, you know, athletic behemoth of a human being by any means, but you know, he saw literally that drive, but also more importantly, that attention to detail in the sport that he did. So he really worked hard with me. And I think what you just said is just people opening up that opportunity for the slide forward to greatness, yeah. to slide forward to excellence there. You know, John Waldman was another, you know, my first coaching job, I became one of the youngest NCLA coaches ever. And I wouldn't have done it without Aaron Hurley, who gave me an a full-time assistant coaching job right out of college, which is unheard of, which is, is very rare to get somebody that type of job. But she said, you know what, this guy's got something. He doesn't have the experience or the skills, or, I mean, there's so many better 
quality candidates, but I'm seeing something in him that I want to just give him one shot. And I think people like you, Lance, and people like me, if somebody just opens the crack of that door, we're, we're just, we're busting through and we're yeah. going to make it happen. Bigger names that come to mind for me, you know, I've always, it's funny because I've always admired, you know, people like the Tony Robbins and Les yeah. Brown, but I've also admired, um, and probably the person as I'm trying to build my legacy, the person I'm actually really modeling my professional existence around is John Wooden. And for those that don't know who John Wooden is, he is to me, is, I think of him as one of the greatest sports coaches of all time. He has so many books on leadership and he was the UCLA college basketball coach back in, I'm probably gonna mess this up, but the 50s and 60s. And I had a chance to meet him before he passed away. He lived till he was 90, but he oh, never wow. called himself a coach. He called himself a teacher. And you talked about the idea that the first day of practice with the UCLA basketball team, the Bill Waltons, the best athletes in the world, he'd make them figure out, make sure that they were pulling up their socks and tying their shoes effectively because he did not want any of his athletes to get a blister because he knew if they got a blister, that would ruin their practice, that would ruin their week, and that would ruin their time. And that's the type of leader I'm saying, you know what? I can be better because I can be more detailed. I can figure out better ways to serve my clients, better ways to serve them in their own leadership role. And if I'm not looking at every single crack in my programs and my product and my services and the way I'm showing up as a speaker, then I'm not doing what I believe John wouldn't do, which is always finding ways to grow. I love that. I love that's, that. that's the simple, simple, simple part of that is just like, it all comes down to the basics. Like it's just the ba- like that those basic things are going to <laughs> save you so much trouble later on. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. when it always that's always how it is. The best coaches or leaders, teachers, break it down to like the simplest things. I love that, man. I love that. And yeah, there's there's always those little those little tricks that just make things so much easier. And like, like we talked about earlier, it's, you know, the, the, the small things make up the big things. And when you get into the habit of even things like getting up early the same time every day and like the little mm-hmm. things like making your bed, although it seems silly, it's really like you're just winning little battles all day, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're winning little, um, little, little things against yourself. I had Ben Newman on the show. The guy's like, he's incredible. And like just his like resilience and like dedication to like, his, his craft and what he's doing. It's just the discipline is just insane. Like, would you say like, how important is being disciplined in, in the world that we're in right now? And how important is it in your life? Discipline is everything because, you know, being, uh, uh, you know, sometimes as leaders, we can be more creative, especially if we're big vision oriented, right? The big visions, yeah. you know, they want to start thinking about the big stuff, right? It's, you know, the day to day stuff, ugh, you know, it is, it is what it is. But, you know, what you realize is that for any vision to come today, it's got to be focused on the here and right now. And so I think that as much as, you know, you'll hear me talk about this, you know, I'm not this person who's going to promote hustle and grind and, you know, sacrifice everything in your life. I believe that we got to remove the word or and put in the word and into anything that we want to do. But I do believe in discipline. I do believe in the fact that routines are paramount routines on working on what you're excellent at. You know, I, I really do appreciate you saying, wow, you really are. You really work on your speaking. Yeah. Every single day for 30 minutes, every single day I get in wow. front of a camera, I get in front of a mirror, I speak, I talk, I try to motivate. I pick a random topic that I find or I have my you know, wife or friend just send me a random topic and I see if I can speak about it for 10 minutes and give something that's really compelling. And wow. I pick you know, my body language apart. I pick if I say, mm, I pick if this is wrong. That's the thing to me that where discipline comes in. It's not about you know, just grinding for 17 hours a day on just a bunch of everything and shit. Yeah. It's really saying, hey, this is what matters in my business. And for most people, it's three to five things at most. For most people that really want to get seven, eight, nine, even 10 figures, it's really three to five things. And practicing those things day to day. You know, I always tell people for me, the pillars are very simple. Simple. I give up every morning, usually around between four and five, and I hit the gym. I hit the gym for about an hour. Right after that, I do my breathing exercises. I do my visualization exercises. And then I got a little 18-month-old nugget there that I try to spend a little bit of time with before he goes off the day. 
I get ready. And even while we're at home, right? I mean, I could sit here and I could have put shorts and, you know, just a, a random t-shirt on and it wouldn't matter, right? Because most people aren't going to see me. But it's important for me to dress up as if I was going to get on stage and speak. Because I know how I show up and how I take care of myself is how I'm going to show up for others. So I, there's no question. Discipline routines is paramount. And it's just for many people, it's the question of what are those discipline routines that you really need to implement on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, well said. I mean, it's, it's so true. What would you say if you look back in your life, what's the biggest struggle that you've gone through that had the most impact on your life today? Every time I answer this question, it's funny because sometimes I always pick a different, different pain, different experience. And it's not because I you know, want to pick something different. I'd love to sit here and talk about this magical moment, right? This one area. And sometimes when I'm entrepreneur shows, I think about you know, my first three years as an entrepreneur where I was just coming out of a college coaching career and I was very successful. You know, I was one of those coaches that was, you, know, you consider them on a rise, right? Where in football, you know, think of the college football, like Nick Saban's and the, you know, those top coaches. Like I was like going on my way towards that in the swimming world. But I felt this gut instinct. I said, you know what? I wanted to go down this entrepreneurial path. I knew I was meant for something bigger in this world there. And I love the sport of swimming, but I wanted to take my shot. And while I was coming from this successful career, they talk about one of the worst pains you can go through is being at the top and falling all the way to the bottom. And it was so true. I had a great career. And, and three years later, I was, you know, struggling to, you know, everyone talks about struggling to pay the bills and struggling to, you know, afford my rent. You know, the, the woman that I was thinking I was going to marry at that point left me because she didn't believe me at any point. The idea that I wasn't really even getting that support from my family, you know, they would look at me and they say, yeah, Alex, we believe you, but maybe you should, you know, take a look at this job or maybe you should, you know, get a job to, to pay for yourself and stuff like that. You know, I look back on those situations and think, how the, how the hell did I even get through that type of stuff? You know? and, and thankfully, I, you know, realized that I needed to look back in myself and say, what did I do that made me so successful as a swim coach that I was not implementing in my business as a leader, as in my in current roles? And I think for most people, time and time again, we think that the, the word often we think of is transformations. We think we have to transform into this huge new person or this huge new individual. But what I really discovered was I was spending, you know, at that time, I think I spent over $100,000 in coaches and trainings and people that I really do, I feel like I got a lot from it. So it's not a bash it. But one thing I wasn't hearing time and time again is what are you about? What makes you amazing? What are your innate talents? And how can you apply that into this world? And as you mentioned, I was trying to do these funnels and these online, you know, building these online businesses and tinkering with paid ads and all these things. And don't get me wrong, I still do that stuff to this day, or my team, I should say, does it. But what I'm really good at is getting in front of a person and really connecting on a very deep, intimate level. And I realized if I figure out a way how to leverage the business to allow me to do that, whether it was one-on-one or one-to-many or one-to-millions, if I could do that, this business will thrive. And so at the end of the day, when I think about my most painful experiences, you know, that's one example, but there's often, I mean, there's so many ups and downs that I've had in my life. And, you know, somebody that I, you know, I actually proposed to somebody when I was, you know, just in getting beginning of my college career, I thought this was the person I was going to marry and they rejected me. You know, that's one of the most painful experiences. And I know it rocked my world and trying to find this, uh, somebody else I was going to be with for the rest of my life for many, many years. I think at the end of the day, we all have to look at, you know, not just saying we've got this only one painful experience yeah. and say, well, that's going to define us. That's going to be the moment. And instead of understanding, listen, we've got, we're going to have these ups and downs in our world. The question is really going to become is what can we learn from those past painful experiences to allow us to do a much better job of handling them as we move forward? Yeah, that's so true because there's so many things that shape us and it's hard to define, you know, one thing. And even if somebody asked me that question, it would be, it'd be challenging depending on where my head's at. It may be a different answer. 
That's why I, I, I appreciate that response because that's one of those things where I guess you just kind of, it's all your perspective, right? There's some days that we think certain things had more impact, certain things didn't. And yeah, I mean, and they're all equally as important, right? Yeah. Breakups, man. Breakups are like really tough on, on us. Yeah, aren't they? Like they it's, are. it's, it's such an emotionally draining experience if it doesn't work out, especially yeah. if, you know, you're, you, you, you put your, your heart and soul into it and then it ends. And even if it's like, you know, a mutual thing or whatever, it's still, it's disappointing, you know, because you, you had these, it's always the expectations. You always, whoever you're with, it's like, yeah, we'll be here one day. It'll be this. And then it ends. And it's like, whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. Like it's, and, and I think, I mean, that's just the reality of our lives. We all go through it. I know we don't really talk, talk about it that much, especially as men, yeah. but we don't enough, but I think it's important because yeah, those, those things are really, they, they come into our business lives too. Like if, you know, rejection and, and, and all these kind of weird thoughts, cause they, it's not, you know, it's not just that one area. Sometimes that can affect you in other areas too. Yeah. Right. I mean, isn't that, isn't that how it really is? I mean, so I'll, I mean, obviously you mentioned this and, and not that I was even hearing your early episodes, but you said, man, I, I listened to those early episodes and I think, oh my gosh, like how, you know, horrible they were. And it's just because you've, you've gained new experiences and your skills have gotten better. Right. And now you can look back and it's funny, you look back on these experiences and sometimes it's, you know, you want to like, it, it doesn't hurt as much for, I think many people. And don't worry, there's some, I know that are still very painful for some of us, but, but you're right. I mean, there's things that I feel like they have like a compound impact yeah. for us. Like relationships, I think is no question one. I mean, that's why I, I feel like every amazing coach I've had in you know, sports or in business or, you know, somebody that I've really looked at as a role model for me, they, they never not talked about that part. They've always talked about relationships being important. They've always talked about the, the importance of surrounding yourself with good, supportive, uplifting people. You know, my, my wife is my best friend and, you know, my partner in crime. And, you know, the times that I think that both of us are hurting the most is when we get into a fight and we feel like we, we're not being as supportive and kind and compassionate to the, each other there, right? I mean, even when you're in a great relationship, you know, they can be difficult, you know, and we don't talk about this, especially as men, but there's no question that, that these areas that are so yes, they're important. And we just sometimes forget them, like, especially as we're going towards goals that instead of us thinking like linear and saying, Hey, this is where we need to go down. It's like, well, what's the vision of this all look like for us? And how is that going to uplift us to where we really want to be? Mm. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, something that just came to me that I wanted to touch on is you had mentioned earlier about being at your, at your best and then having to be at the bottom again. And one thing that came to me again is the athletes, the athletes that leave sports. And then this, this is what I can relate to as well. It's like, you have this identity of like, you're this person. I'm, you know, I'm the man, I made it here. And then say you don't make it pro or your career ends and then boom, you have to transition out. And there's a low point there where you're used to this lifestyle. You're used to this, even like ex NHL players, NFL players, you live this lifestyle and then all of a sudden nobody knows who you are and you're like, your, your identity is all messed up. Mm. You know, it's one of those things that is, is gotta be so challenging. Do you work with athletes that you had to deal with that specifically with, with different athletes and like, how do you work? How do you help them work through that? You, you touched the word that most of us understand on a rational level, but we don't really, really fully grasp at emotional level. And that is identity. That word identity. You know, think about it. When you, people go to a networking event and most people, 99% of the people, when you go up to them, they will always say my name, but they also say the company I work for and the title behind it, right? Because that gives them meaning. That gives them something that's to say, listen, I should be proud of this in my eyes. And the work that I used to do with athletes, and honestly, it's with entrepreneurs and leaders and, yeah. and everybody is this idea that what if it was just okay? What if it was actually perfect that you were just Lance and I was just Alex? And instead of me coming here and saying, 
I need to tell you about my amazing experiences and what I've done and all these different things. And, and truthfully, right, a lot of it is just our hyped up trying ego saying, I need to validate me and me being able to show up today. Yeah. What if it's just saying, hey, I'm Alex. This is Lance. This is a, this is a cool dude. Let's just, let's just chit chat there. Yeah. And that's the thing I think what athletes end up going through is they understand that they were not just – you know, Kobe Bryant, I mentioned him before, or, you know, being in the swimming world, Michael Phelps, or hockey world, Sidney Crosby, they're not just that. They are the star. They are the hero. They are this person. So naturally, there's no question there's just going to be a letdown for these people. And to not, hopefully not retrain the mind, but more importantly, to do the personal development, the mindset, the heart set, the emotional work, just to be okay with who you are and not having to ever live up to anybody's expectation. That is one of the hardest things that any of us can do. And it's a reason why, and, and maybe this is a personal to me, but you know, I, th- I see my father and you know, he, he never wants to retire. And I think to myself, I, I don't ever want to retire. I love work. I love to do this. And I think the question is, is why, why is that? Why do I not want to retire? And I think it goes back to what we we're just talking about. It's this idea of, I want to be a, productive member of society. I don't want to be somebody that isn't producing. I don't want to be somebody that isn't this. And that's what I see again in my father who now, you know, he has, he has his job still, but you know, he's now has bought, I think 60 beehives. And so he's running this beehive farm. He's trying to sell this honey, right? I mean, it's, it's amazing to hit, but so there is an aspect of all of our identities. I think the only thing that really matters for us is if we feel like we're doing good work and we're producing on a day-to-day basis, regardless of what that looks like. Yeah. Living a purposeful life. Right. I mean, that's the thing, our society, it's like work to retire and we're supposed to hate what we do. So then we want to escape from it on vacations, escape from it. And it's like, if you're doing something that is purposeful and you enjoy, it's not really work, you know, like work is that word work has a negative energy around it sometimes. Right. And it's, it's not even, you know, if you're doing something that is really lighting you up, why would you want to stop? right? It's, it doesn't make sense because you see people. And I remember when my dad retired, yeah, all he talked about was retiring. And then when he retired, he was unhappy because he's bored. And it's like, and then, you know, eventually he, he, he died very sim- soon after that. But it's like, it's almost like, it's like, give, it's like, it's, you're hanging up the jacket, your purpose jacket on the, the rack. And you're like, now what? And if you don't find something else, then what meaning, like what's going to fulfill you, right? And I think it's, it's, I don't know, like it's, it's a crazy thought to just be like, yeah, as soon as I hit this age, it's, I'm done and I'm just going to sit around. It's like, that's not, that's not going to happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a golfer, right? You know, everyone thinks retirement, golfing or whatever it is, but you're right. I mean, and that's truthfully, I'm not trying to, you know, make us sound like we're great because you and I both have gone through our shitty moments and we have our shitty days but you know there is something i think that's why again i talk about this idea of intuition i talk about this idea of not just listening to what everybody's saying and don't get me wrong i'm not saying you shouldn't be taking advice but the idea is that have you ever like most people don't even take the time to quietly sit with themselves and ask what they want not what you know as a, a husband as a father right i mean every day i'm saying what do i need to do for my wife what do i need to do for my son and these are unconscious thoughts it's not i sit here and go all right i gotta figure out what to do this for you know my son's day i for example i've got four interviews lined up here so yeah of course i'm like okay somebody's gotta go pick up lincoln from daycare so calling you know the, the parents and saying hey do you mind watching it for a little bit right so it's an unconscious thing that we're doing it's hard to actually find a quiet space and ask what do you really want? What matters to you? Most people don't ask that question because maybe it's it, at some level, people think it's selfish. Maybe at some level, people think they're, they're not allowed to think about themselves. But the one thing I think that I really truly admire and some of the best leaders I've ever worked with and admired and role model is this, is that when they make decisions that are best for themselves, they believe they're making a decision that is ultimately the best for others at the same time. 
And that is a really hard mindset switch to go through time and time again. If you really believe the same, listen, if I, if I work on my business, if I really crush it, if I really work hard on it, it's going to be better for others. It's going to be better for everybody else. You know, this idea of putting the mask on when, you know, we are on the airplane and we hear about crashing there, right? It's the same concept is that are we really taking that moment to think about ourselves and what our needs, wants, and desires are and really going after it? Yeah, that's such a great point because we all have a unique gift that the world needs. Some mm-hmm. discover it, some don't. And it's almost like you're robbing them from essentially the medicine, your medicine, you know, like we all have it for people. And and as easy as, and even like, for example, this podcast, it's like some days it's like, oh, does anybody care? Does anybody this or that? But then you get you get somebody you know, right in, I'm sure you get this kind of stuff all the time. Somebody says, Oh, you, you impacted me or I've, you know, this, this or whatever. And that's like that, that's, that's the thing. Like, I just need one of those to like, keep it going, you know, mm-hmm. because in our own egos, we just, and especially me, I usually in the past, I do something and then I'd quit. Do get just close enough to until I'm like almost there. And then I'd quit for whatever reason. And that's, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff, but it's it's that thing that it's like there is there's more to this than ourselves there's more to this game there's there's impact that needs to be made and it's that accountability for yourself that once you know it once you awake to that it's hard to go sleep again <laughs> right it's hard to not want to make a difference and impact people and exactly at what you're good at your unique area of genius and if you can discover that and hone in on that live a purposeful life. I mean, it never, never really feels like work. It just feels like almost like your duty, but in a good way, an empowering way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I, I, it does. And, you know, I asked this question, it's going to be a weird question that I always ask people and, you know, you get, to, you get your people in the room and we talk about purpose. Right. And so being the swimmer, I'm always going to talk about some form of swimming there. It always seems to somehow bleed over the stories. But uh, I asked, you know, I said, I, you know, I have a room of you know, entrepreneurs and leaders and this is pre-COVID, right? There's hundreds of people in the room. And, you know, I go to the audience and say, I want to ask you a question. I said, imagine you all of a sudden were Dr. Doolittle and you had the ability to talk to animals. And I want you to imagine you're walking one day and all of a sudden you see over in this lake, you see this fish jumping up out of the water and going back in. And you think to yourself, oh, it must be trying to grab a fly. It must be just, you know, doing its thing. But you see it doing it again and again and again. And you see this fish trying, clearly trying to get out of the water. And you're thinking to yourself, what's wrong with this fish? So you go over and you go to the fish and you say, hey, fish, why are you, why are you trying to jump out of the water? Like, what are you doing? And the fish tells you, says, listen, I am doing all I can to fly. I want to fly so bad. Can you tell me? how all these other creatures I see are flying. Now, if this fish asked you, what would your answer be? Nobody in their right mind would tell this person, you've got a mindset problem, fish. You need to think differently. You wouldn't say you have a strategy problem, fish. You need to actually do something different with your fins. You wouldn't say to the fish, listen, you need to hustle and grind harder. No, we would literally go to the fish and say, fish, you're never meant to fly. You are meant to swim and you're a beautiful swimmer and you need to embrace this gift that you have. And we are not doing that. And I believe the one reason that most people are never finding their purpose, that it breaks my heart. And, you, and I know you're seeing it. Like I just got goosebumps on my arm thinking about this. It breaks my heart every single time is that I see these, you know, 97% of entrepreneurs are struggling. Most families are struggling because nobody has taken the time or maybe doesn't have the skill set to say to the person, listen, I want you to find what you're great at. And I want you to truly go after that. And I think the more that people operate in what they are excellent at, the more they'll ultimately become closer to really, truly finding their purpose. Yeah. And man, exactly. I, I totally agree. And it's, there's so many people that this kind of leads into my next question. It's like, so it, when going into business or doing whatever, like, you know, if you want to build something as an entrepreneur, you know, how, how important is it to actually, because some people say, 
I got to do this business because it's in demand and that's it. It doesn't matter what I want or I'm in, I don't care about the, you know, I don't care about the passion or whatever. It's like, you just got to do it and then you can do your passion project. What is like, walk us through what you think about actually being like, all right, if you're going to start a business or you're going to be an entrepreneur, do something that lights you up. Yeah. I, I think there, you know, it's, it's a probably, it feels like it's a cheap answer, but I think it's going to make sense when I hit the end here. But I do believe you got to find the, the balance of passion and opportunity. You know, nobody out there, if you started to, you said, listen, I've got this great idea. I've got, I've had such a passion. And my passion is, is I want to actually sell fax machines to companies. I mean, that's, I mean, it's great. It's a wonderful passion, but let's be honest, not many companies care to buy fax machines anymore. And most right. people are doing email or some other forms, right? And yet you can't just be somebody who says, oh my gosh, I, I see this as an opportunity. Oh my gosh, I see this opportunity. I don't really care. I just want to make money, 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 money. And literally what you see is you might see people rise up a little bit, but they ultimately fall because they don't have the why or purpose behind it to keep it going. So I believe there needs to be a balance between the two. And what I actually ask people to really look at first is this. Before they look at you know what business or what they should be doing or what industry, you know whatever they want to do, the first thing I ask him is, what is your favorite thing to do? Like, what do you just get light up doing? And so we talk about these four different types of leaders time and time again, and I can explain a little more later, but we talk about really is once you actually really find how you love to operate, what you really love to do on a day-to-day basis, ultimately, instead of thinking as a business, like an a structures and systems and automations, let's start thinking of it like an organism. Let's start thinking about what leader you want to be in the business and where you want to grow yourself into and ultimately build a business around that. To me, that is going to always help people lead and get so much closer to really finding their true purpose and true calling because when you find success, and here's the thing, you know, and, and this is for those that, you know, maybe you're struggling financially, you're struggling to find your purpose. And here's something I will tell everybody. As you continue to hit more financial levels of success and go up higher and higher and higher, what you're going to ultimately find is this, is that what matters to you changes. Mm. What really matters to you changes. And as I have tell people today, you know, I've got, you know, a little 18 month old guy and there's nothing in this world that's not going to take me away from spending at least some time with him every single day. It's just important to me. So naturally, it's about what happens in my business. Well, my business needs to change as an organism ultimately for me to have that time with him in addition to making the type of impact that I want born the lead and the vault to ultimately make. So first, if you're at that point where you're struggling and you're trying to figure out exactly what you do, start by just asking yourself, what do you love to do? And then let's start with that and build the business around that because you're going to find success faster. You're going to grow faster. And ultimately it's going to allow you to say, well, how do I want to do this more? And what do I need to do around me to make that happen? Hmm. Love it, bro. That was a great answer. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's so important. And, you know, even for me getting to this point of just, there's been so many things and over the years, I was always told to do things that I never, and I never did what I didn't want to do. You know, there's certain things that people around me were doing and I just refused because it didn't feel right. And even though it may have been at the time may have not been the smartest on, you know, on paper, but it ended up serving me better, you know, and it's, it's funny, the journey, man, like you really got to figure that out. And I think the, the, it comes down to just really like, what makes you happy? Like, what do you like to do? (laughs) Like what, like what gives you a good feeling? Like, you know, for me interviewing, like every time I get off an interview, I'm just like, I'm high. I'm like, I feel like I just did drugs or something. Like I feel so, I feel so high and so energized from it, you know? See it. And you can see it in you. It's so obvious in you, right? I mean, you've got that vibe that just says this guy, this guy's doing what he loves to do, right? I mean, and we know that, we see it, right? It's, you know, sometimes we call it like, oh, that person's got the star, right? And you know, just like you said, I, you know, we don't, sometimes we don't listen to it. I always tell people sometimes what we are excellent at, we don't even realize. Yeah. You know, sometimes in fact, what we are excellent at, people used to tell us we do it too much. You know, for everyone that's an extrovert that loves to talk so much, you know, I bet there was a teacher or a parent that said, just shut up for a minute. <laughs> me 
So, so sometimes what we were actually told we shouldn't be doing is actually our beautiful strength that we really need to start cultivating more. So yeah, man. <laughs> Always but, getting in trouble yeah. for talking. I'm sure you oh. did too. All the time, all the time. My uh, my wonderful introvert of a wife is just like, I need 20 minutes of quiet, please. So then me and my little guy, we run off and do something there because he's very much, he has that similar extrovert, you know, trying to be adorable with everybody. But yeah, you know, we just, we got to embrace who we are. And I think that's why like, you know, people like you are successful. Lance. I mean, and I say this because it's so obvious because when you just, you said, I, I do my own thing. Isn't that what a real leader says sometimes there? They just say, listen, I'm going to go do my own thing and I'm going to ultimately attract the type of people that I want to be around in my life. And that's, that's to me what I love, I love about this world that we're both in. Yeah, I, I feel like it's, and thank you, I feel like it's essential to just, you know, go with, go with your heart, you know? Um, you know, what feels right. We talk ourselves out of things because, you know, our ego gets in the way, man. And, and, and I think we, we just really... And that comes from journaling, that comes from sitting still, meditation, all this kind of stuff. Because then you can really identify like what's coming from your soul versus what's coming from your ego to keep you safe, right? Mm -hmm. And I really, I really noticed, been conscious about that, right? Like what is that inspirational thing that you get? It's like you almost need to just write that down right away, take action, and don't let anything talk you out of it because it's so easy. The programming. Well, I failed at this before. Or Sally said I couldn't do it, and and Tommy said this, and it's like, oh yeah, you're right. I can't do it, right? And it's. Yeah. I feel like we all go through that. So we do, we do, because our head sometimes sucks. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> our head it does. Like it just like, yeah. it's like, why'd you say that? Like what? Where did that even come from? Um, there, like you don't know. And I mean, maybe you can find a, a you know, a psychologist who can really ask you a million questions. But sometimes our head just sucks. You know, yeah. it just tells us like things. It's like. Where did that come from? I used actually a sports psychologist I used to work with said, hey, listen, if you take your negative thoughts and you actually, if it was spoken a different language and you didn't understand, would you even care what it says? And the answer, of course, no, I wouldn't. But man, that's like, that's the beauty. You know, we talk, obviously mindset is such a huge thing anymore. And we talk about and hear it all the time there. But yeah. I think to me, 80% of most people is just listen, don't listen to the shit that comes out of your brain. Just make a decision what you want. Yeah, we give too much meaning to this stuff. Just need to let it like fly off, you know? Dude, where can we check you out? What are you working on? Where can everybody go and, and find you? Yeah, man, uh, I appreciate it. So, you know, I'm, I'm simple. So you can go to my website. Uh, it's alex-coon.com. My, my last name is always a fun way to spell. So for those of you that are really interested, I'd love to hear from you. It's K-U-H-N. So alex-coon.com. And, you know, everybody loves to be around in every single social media platform. I'm not going to lie. I don't. I'm really on Instagram. So you can find me there. If you just put it in search Alex Kuhn, you'll actually find me. And anybody listen, anybody that's listening to the show, you know, the, all the leadership stuff I talk, I call it success DNA. And really, it's the idea of figuring out how do you best operate as a leader and how do you ultimately build that business around it. So if you actually are listening to Lance's show here, just mention it. You heard me on this show. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm going to do it. I have an amazing second wife. It's my business wife, Susan, who will go ahead and she'll send you a free course. We call it Success DNA. And it's really going to give you some of those mindsets and operational tools as a leader that you really, truly need to turn that entrepreneurial dream, that entrepreneurial vision into reality, but more importantly, a, a vision and reality that is fulfilling for you. So again, awesome. Alex Kuhn on Instagram, check me out. We'll have it all there on, on the show notes. We'll also be on YouTube as well for the, all the people that like, for me, I like podcasts on YouTube. So yeah. we had to move it on YouTube as well, because that's the only time I really listen to them now is when I'm watching them. I like to watch them. You know, it's yeah. like one of those things. I like to see the, my weird mannerisms, people will get a kick out of them. Right? Like, <laughs> but yeah, it'll be on there and all and everywhere else as well, man. So, um, one, the, the final question I always ask is, you know, out of all the adversity challenges you've been, what is one lesson, one main lesson that adversity has taught you? Yeah. The one lesson I find from adversity is that as long as you can wake up the next day, you can figure it out that as long as you can continue to, because the reality is, is that for everybody, we are all facing adversity today. You know, the one thing that the, the pandemic and coronavirus has really shared with us is that we are all facing challenges, whether it's personally, professionally, spiritually, from a health perspective, we are all facing different challenges. 
The reality is, is we're going to continue, all of us are going to continue to find different challenges in our life. You know, the reality is, is some of this, some of this is hitting people harder than others, but yet the adversity that's going to come in 2021 might hit you harder than somebody else. So the question is this, the question is, is can you actually wake up another day, sit the next day and really stay consistent with what you want to have happen in your life and ultimately stick to, as we've mentioned, the discipline routines that are going to really help you get to where you want to go. Well said. Well said, my man. Well said. Yeah. You're great, man. <laughs> Appreciate you, my friend. <laughs> Appreciate you too, Alex. Thanks, everybody. As mentioned before, you check this out on YouTube. If you subscribe to that, you get you stay on top of the ones that come out. They're not all there, but they're all on their way at some point. So most episodes are up there now. They're getting there, and we're going to continue to bring that. And also as well, subscribe on Apple if you like it on audio, which is also great. And if you got value, please leave us a review on Apple. It's really, really appreciated. I know I sound like a broken record, but sometimes you just got to repeat this stuff. And of course, anywhere you listen to this stuff is, is important. I just, I just love putting this out for you guys. I'm going to continue to do it and keep bringing you awesome people. I just love to hear the feedback. So um, as well, check out Alex. If you guys are interested, he's got some good stuff happening, as he said in the episode and all his information in the show notes. Love you guys. Catch you next time.